With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This episode of Blue Shirts Breakaway is brought to you by you, the fans. That's right. Go to patreon.com slash Blue Shirts Breakaway today to get access to BSBOTs, ad-free episodes, our Discord, which is popping off, and much, much more. On today's episode, we have our dear friend Larry Brooks, the Click King himself, to discuss the New York Rangers trade deadline, stadium series, and much more. And if you're going to the game this Saturday in Philadelphia, let me know. Holler at your boy, because I'll be at Xfinity Live with a couple other Ranger fans before the game, grabbing some beers. Then a couple of us are sitting together in the 200s. We're going to root for the Rangers, hopefully to see a win. So I will see you there if you are there. If not, I wish you a great Saturday and wish me well as well. Uh, Fun show. Let's get to Mark Messier and then get to it, shall we? Here we go. Hi, everybody. It's Mark Messier, and you're listening to Blue Shirts Breakaway, the number one Rangers podcast. Break fans, welcome to another week of the Blue Shirts Breakaway. I am your host, Ryan Mead. I'm here with my co-host, Greg Kaplan. Greg, say hello to the sun. <laughs> here comes the sun for goals. So are uh, we, we're here to talk about the most important thing that happened this weekend, right? The high school musical you went to? No, uh, oh. G-Man Choice in New York Met. Oh, yeah. Well, look, for former Ray Gray, great team chemistry, New York, a New York Yankees killer. So congrats. Hey, listen, if you want to talk about the musical I went to this weekend, it was I, electric. I don't. If you want to hear about it, you can listen to VSB. We have OT about it, I think. So congratulations. Yeah, an hour long episode. About That's a- fucking crazy. Greg. Anyway, so, <laughs> <laughs> series. Uh, can we start with the sun? I need yeah. to talk about the sun. Well, I can't believe that's where I'm starting. The Rangers had an amazing comeback to win 6-5 against the New York Islanders in an outdoor game where 80,000 people were there to watch. And people, uh, Tommy DeVito was there, question mark, and other people. Uh, I, right I, over, have a, Tommy. I have a lot of notes on how the Giants, uh, for this very important legacy game happening at their stadium, sent their backup quarterback and a free agent running back. Yeah, the guy they're not going to sign? Cool. Yeah. Um, anyway, the sun. So when in Tahoe, I don't know if you remember this when they did oh, the outdoor game. Yeah. The nine hour delay because nobody accounted for the fact that the sun might come up. Yeah. So again, Saturday's game, I did get to watch a little bit of devil's flyers. Great event at night. Turns out sun's not out then. Awesome. What? I know they pushed the start time back from three o'clock to three forty-five, And they, they said it was because a amazing glare on the ice for the players could not see. And yet they didn't wait. And again, I wouldn't either because I have 80,000 New Yorkers, New Jersey people screaming at me uh, saying, is it New Jerseyans? Is that what it is? I don't, I don't spend a lot of time thinking about the plural form of Jersey. That's fair. That's fair. Um, anyway, they're going to scream at them. And 45 minutes is about as much as they can wait. And yet they start the game. The sun is still, there's still a glare on the ice. And in the first shot of the game, Sorokin lets in a goal from Gus. Great. Awesome. Things are awesome. We'll talk about Matt Rampy and his fighting in just a moment. But I'm still on the sun. 
then the players cannot see. Igor Kisturkin cannot track the puck. The, the players, like, I don't know if you've ever seen the Rangers do formations and defensive structures. They could hardly see where they were going. They couldn't see their, their teammates. You could see it as the game goes on. The Rangers get better. They get tougher. They actually play tougher. Now, and I know the Islanders were doing this, but there was a reflective surface on the ice where the players couldn't get situated and Igor Shosturkin legitimately could not see the puck. Let's in three goals pretty immediately, 14 seconds, two goals in a row. Ranger way, classic. I understand how many goals he slid up this season. You need to tell me. But this was, I'm, and I can't believe this, I am blaming the Sun. And if we would have lost this game, I would have come on here and done the exact same rant because the Sun, something that the NHL refuses to think about and maybe start the game at, I don't know, 4.30 or 5, uh, probably affected the game in a big way. Yeah, I mean, I hear you. I want you to know that you're heard. Thank you. Yeah, you can shit on me. I understand. I'm not going to shit on It just, it, it does feel like a convenient excuse. I, I, I will just say that. Um, they won the I, game. I know, which is why it's kind of silly. We're leading with this. I, I am first of all. Here's what I am here for. If we want to shit on the NHL, not just the fact that once again they've held an outdoor game and can't, for the life of them, understand when the sun rises, when the sun sets, just the sun in general. Uh, they Saturday night, I was ready to just settle down and watch. Flyers, Devils, because I figured, Ryan, there was nothing else on. I figured the NHL had done it. They picked the weekend after the Super Bowl where things don't happen, except that there was a full slate of hockey all day long. Oh, and it was NBA All-Star weekend. <laughs> and then, um, so, and this game's at 8 o'clock, which, I don't know if you know this, goes heads up against the skills competition. So the dunk contest, the three-point contest, happening simultaneously. I, I'm a big three-point contest guy. I've always stood for a three-point contest and think, the dunk contest itself kind of sucks. Dunk contest it's overrated. is over. It's been over yeah. for a while. Well, what's over is the actual all-star game itself. Um, but still, that gets an audience. You know how I know it gets an audience? Because all you read about Sunday morning was how ratings for Steph versus Sabrina was unlike anything anyone's ever seen. And it's like, oh, God, they did it again. But that's all right. At least Sunday will just be about the NHL. Because the NBA game's not until 8 o'clock, which is why the NHL wants to do the game at three. I get it. That makes sense. Surely there's no other big sporting event going on that Sunday that could possibly take eyes away from a predominantly white audience. Uh, oh, wow. Shit. That's right. The fucking Daytona 500. It's like, really? <laughs> I understand the Daytona 500. They I, they're not. They're, it's not the same demographic, Greg. It's well, not. listen, now that I've introduced placebo driver, are you kidding me? Okay. Uh, that, the, I think this was a whole rant for you to talk about placebo driver. And I yeah, will not I accept am, otherwise. I, listen, I let's, have a brand. Let's get uh, to the game. No, the game, the game was electric, man. And there, there's really only the only way to approach this game is to do it by period. I truly believe that. We should also quickly make mention that entering this game, the New York Rangers had won six games in a row, including, I think, two. what, did two games happen between the last time we spoke to people in the stadium series? That is correct. So they won both those games. Don't know if you guys noticed, including an Igor Shosturkin shutout on Monday. We talked about on the podcast. And then an absolutely convoluted what-the-fuck game against the Canadians where Quick got the start instead of Igor. People got angry, but the Rangers won 7-4. to four. This is all correct. Did you have a point after that? Nope. I, w I just wanted you to acknowledge that I'm smart uh, and remember things. Yes. I'm, hey, great job remembering <laughs> the Rangers scores. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, that brings us to the first period on 
Sunday. Sunday. Correct. Sunday, so Sunday, Sunday. Gus scores immediately first shot of the game. Yes. And I'm like, all right, this is this is going to be a really great time. Great event. <laughs> Things look awesome. We have a lot of friends that went to the game, froze their asses off, still had a great time, met, met in the parking lot, drank beers, etc. But not only do the Rangers score on the first shot of the game, before they could drop the puck after that goal, Matt Rempe decides to whip it out and beat the shit out of Matt Martin. Well, first of all, how does this conversation go? This is what I kind of want to know. Like, <laughs> hey, bud, it's your first time in the ice. And Rempe's like, can we please fight for the love of God? This is the only reason I'm here. <laughs> I mean, it's not entirely inaccurate, I would think. Uh, it's, you know what was fun about the Rempe fight? In the moment, we all thought it was great. We all thought it was wonderful. And we thought that this is the greatest thing that's ever happened. Did you notice that as the first period went along, more people were thinking, wow, Matt Rempe did them a favor by allowing the Islanders back into this game by having their player challenge someone to a fight? Whatever. <laughs> it's like I, I can't. Like this is this is like the one of the cool the coolest debut of all time. Uh-huh. Like, I, look, I had um I don't want to read the official quote, but I was talking to somebody who spoke to a scout, friend of a friend situation. And when Matt Rampy was drafted, somebody messaged this person and said, "This is the worst skater and hockey player I've ever seen drafted, even in the sixth round." Okay, how is Drew doing? By the way, it's not true. It's not true. <laughs> I hope Drew's doing well. It's not true. Uh, one of the worst players he's ever seen, uh, all, but he's huge. Okay, cool. He's making his debut in the NHL at MetLife Stadium in front of 80,000 people. Mm-hmm. I don't know how much time on ice he's going to get. Mm-hmm. What do you end up with, like four seconds? Like something ridiculous? Um, well, and he, he, stopped, he stopped playing, uh, what was that, probably? I'll look at the time on ice in a second. I don't period. have it in front of me. He, I don't but, think he took a shift in the third. That makes sense because they're trying to win the game. and. Yeah. And but he gets to get out there. He's six eight and a half apparently, and he's just belting Matt Martin in the face. And <laughs> but that is a, a legendary Ranger moment for like I don't know if Rempe will ever play another game for the Rangers. I legitimately don't know. He might get sent down after this game. The Rangers might make a trade. He's the first man out. He that might be his only game ever. And if that's mm-hmm. it, that's a legendary Ranger performance because he got out there in front of Rangers Islanders and just. Got to fight immediately and look, was awesome. There's nothing else he needs to do in his career. I'm sure he'd like to do more, but that might be it. <laughs> yeah, it. I don't think anybody, honest to God, had realistic expectations as to what Matt Rempe could do in terms of his game-changing ability. Frankly, his game-changing ability is people are afraid of him. And that you know, it's nice to have. There's a certain generation of... Hockey fan and hockey writer that respects that. We talked to one of them today on the show. Uh, it's His I'm happy time for Matt. Four minutes twenty six seconds, just so you know. Right, which means he had more penalty minutes than he did time on ice, which is great. Correct, and I hope that continues Amazing. to be his entire NHL career henceforth. I was happy he had his moment. I don't think he did anything to impact the game one way or the other. And frankly, Ryan, that's all I expect from a rookie making his debut in the stadium series, playing fourth line minutes. Just, just give me that. And he did. And thank you for your service. He did. And then the game gets out of control. Like pretty, yeah, I'd say so. Uh, They let up two goals in 14 seconds. Uh, Nelson Horvat, and then Barzal. The Barzal goal is, Free, it's a freak shot. Like he just gets gets to the middle of the ice, it tips it in. It's like no Igor Sturkin has absolutely no chance. 
And then the second period starts because I think that's pretty much the end of the first period, right? Because what else What else do you want to say? Because everything broke down. The Rangers were as bad as you could ever see them. There was no defensive structure. They were playing with absolutely no jam. It looked like they couldn't skate. Yeah. People were falling all over the ice. There was a lot of bad. It was it was it was ugly, but it it to me looked like kind of what I expect outdoor games to be. You know, I don't necessarily expect them to be these defensive showdowns. The game the night before was six to three. I was expecting goals into this one, which is why, by the way, Ryan, I made that part of our little BSB same game parlay, did, which did by the way got well. people fucking paid this weekend. So you're welcome, Adam Fox. PowerPoint, uh, PowerPoint point as well. Oh God, I I love him so much. Uh, Welcome back. Yeah, it, I don't know. It. My problem with the first period wasn't so much what I was seeing on the ice because I looked at the stadium series, and you can call this copium, you can call this excuses, you can call it whatever it is. It's a spectacle. It is independent of the other eighty-one hockey games that are played throughout the year. It is a gimmick, and you should not take the results of this gimmick quite seriously it's kind of like when the wwe goes to saudi arabia and they kind of just do stuff for saudi arabia because it's like matches they're paying them a lot no of money sense in the storyline like at all yeah and it's like all of a sudden here's the undertaker and it's, <laughs> it's, like, it's did you see the undertaker by the way and it's soccer the other week in saudi arabia right this is saudi arabia and he was just there presenting a trophy i don't know what the trophy is for ronaldo what is happening he was anyway. in cost he was in character he's retired He's they like enough money. Two years old. How old is he's the fucking, Undertaker? Well, he's not that old, but he's fucking okay. old. Still, it, you've made my point. It's it's tough. I just I thought. <laughs> yeah, well, he's he's been through some things, Ryan. <laughs> yeah. Okay. But here's the thing. I thought this most recent six game win streak, where the Rangers have gone back to playing structured, disciplined hockey, where Igor Shosturkin has once again looked like Igor Shosturkin when they're scoring goals. Even with the flaws that this team had, which is mostly centered around the five-on-five production of the top line, I thought we, as a collective unit, felt good again about the New York Rangers. And when the Rangers were giving up goals left and right in an outdoor game, with the sun glaring down on the players and the ice, and all this shit going on, how quickly the fan base decided, nope, we suck again. We're fucking terrible. Blow it up. This stinks. I just thought we were past this. I really did. And that's on me, I guess. But no, it really it's, frustrated it's, me. It's eternal now. I, I said on our insiders chat, like, look, I hope they win this game. Not because I want the Rangers to win. Just because I want to retweet people. <laughs> that's, that's, and I hope my friends at the game have a good time. But it was just uh, it was such a petty moment. It's like, what? Oh, they've won six in a row. They... I had one person. I don't want. I don't want to. I don't, I don't no, name, name names. Name names. All right. I'll see if I can find. It. I think his name was Greg. I'm gonna double. Oh, check. Oh Jesus Christ! I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm gonna double check. But I've talked to him before on Twitter. He's like, "Hey man, are you worried about the defense? They've lit up five, like seven goals in the last four periods." And I just responded with, "Did you watch when they beat the Avalanche? Did you watch <laughs> when they beat the Tampa Bay Lightning? They lit up two goals in two games. You could come to me at that point and be like, "Is this team excellent? Is they are they like why? Tell me why this team can't win a cup." They beat two amazing cup contenders and they let up two goals in six periods. But you know who said that to me during that time, Greg? Absolutely nobody. <laughs> no one. Not one person. Not one person said, look, this team is absolutely elite. Not once. But in a in a freaking spectacle game, 
I'm like, can this team win a cup? Like, dude, I don't know if this team could win a cup. I think they're good enough. If Igor Shosturkin can get back to where he was and they get like one big trade piece, I think they've got a shot and they probably have a better shot than they've ever had in the last 20, uh, not 20 years, Jesus. They've had plenty of good shots with Henry Lundqvist, but in the last, I don't know, 10 years, something like that. That's, uh, that's, that's it. Yeah. I just don't get why we always, not every game has to be a referendum. We've said this before. And it's, it's just, it's worth repeating. Like sometimes you're going to win games that don't mean shit. You're going to lose games that don't mean shit. All it means is today I won or today I lost. And I get wanting to beat the Islanders the first time. What did you say? 422 calendar days since the last 23 days since they last played against each other they didn't play each other once in the year of 2023 well naturally what i would say is well that makes sense they only play each other once a year but as the broadcast so eloquently pointed out this was the first of four meetings between these two teams this year which means what (laughs) there's only two months left in the season i i gotta tell you the broadcast is also wrong i believe we only pay them three times great well, so whatever. We play March 17th and April 9th. Those are the only other two times we play. It's just so stupid. Why? First of all, we should play him more than three times. Second of all, we should play him before February. I, 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 so frustrating. Anyway, at the Back end of the, the first, game. at the end of the first period, the New York yes. Rangers, who had now been eliminated from postseason contention, <laughs> according to my timeline, they come out onto the ice for the second period. Uh, the sun is no longer apparently in their eyes, according to you. Go and behind the stage. I don't know. Yes. They do this crazy thing where they play better. It is actually unbelievable. So they start playing better, except they let up a goal first. So it's 4-1, and then they decide. No, wasn't like, it, it was it was 4-1 at the end of the first. No, they score uh, in the beginning of the second to make Are it 4-1. Are you sure? Uh, you double check. I'm pretty sure it was, was it really in the second period? This is yeah, bad memory. pretty sure. Mm-hmm. Pretty sure it becomes 4-1. I'm going to just double check on this ESPN game recap. Uh, okay. It's a good podcast. Oh, yeah, you're stats. right. It was 3-1 at the end of the first. How about that? Yep. Well, so, anyway, Greg liked his narrative better when uh, <laughs> the Islanders score first in the, in the second period. Then things really go to shit, and all of a sudden, Vincent Trocheck, who's been uh, a signing I've been critical of in the past, has really blown up in my face. One of the better players on the Rangers this year, outside of Artemi Panarin, scores not one but two goals in a row to get this team back in contention. However, uh, there, there, there's a caveat there with your criticism. We've only been criticism of the term. We've that never been critical of the player. Also correct. We love the player himself, and we always yeah. have. And here's the question. Um, you know, I should have asked. Larry would have gotten really angry at me. Larry gets angry at me at one point during our interview later. You guys will hear it. It's like dad yelling at me. You wouldn't understand, <laughs> but everyone else hey, listening no, at home know does. What you're talking about. Yeah. Uh, it's like when John Franco yelled at you. You know, he your father. He told me to get away. He was, yeah. Okay. Well, I think he, Larry does that to me. Very to similar to my understand. father. Continue. Uh, we're all concerned, and people have been asking questions about whether Mika Zibanejad is a true number one center. To which I have to say, does he have to be? Because Vincent Trocek is. He is. And Vincent Trocek has been all season long. That, that line lo- has been playing the most minutes. That line has been making the biggest impact. And that line being Panarin, Trocek, Lafreniere. And did you notice that there were points yesterday where I... Listen... We slob the knob of Peter Laviolette a lot, which we is do. something that's a sentence in itself. I never expected to say. And here we on are. Blue breakaway. Yep. He doesn't just double shift one player. He took Jimmy VC off the second line pretty early in the second period when they fell down by three goals. And it kind of continued that way with the exception, I believe, of one shift in the third period. 
But he doesn't just say Panarin's the only one taking double shifts. Lafreniere, he just double shifted the entire Panarin, Trocek, Lafreniere line. Trocek took shifts with Zibanejad and Kreider. Mm -hmm. He was like, fuck it. These are my three best players. One of them is going to be on the ice at all times with Zibanejad and Kreider. And I pray to God this gets them going. And we're not losing this game. And we're not losing it. <laughs> he was essentially Leonardo DiCaprio in Wolf of Wall Street saying, I'm not he wasn't. He wasn't. Dude, they pulled Igor down two on a power play. It was but Brian, first of all, you know what? You know what we didn't talk about in the first period? You know how like called the fucking timeout. Yes, baby. Yes. <laughs> I, I, I have to tell you, one of my favorite moments of the entire game, I got up and fist pumped. I was like, they're <laughs> losing this game, and he called a timeout. He this calls is a, sick. He, he Just situational awareness that existed with Peter Laviolette in this game. He calls a timeout in the first period. The Rangers get that power play down two, and he says, I'm going to pull Igor now to make it six on four. Genius. Love it. Of course it works because he's, I don't know, fucking Things are working Mensa society guy over here suddenly. Who's smarter in, in terms of just not street smarts, but actual smarts? Forrest Gump or Peter Laviolette? Because I think okay. it's an interesting conversation. Uh, this guy, he just he pulled all the right notes, and this starts in the second period. When he starts double shifting, he doesn't wait for the Rangers to get back into the game. He forces the subject. He says, fuck this. We're down three. We're not rolling over. This game is an important game for us. We need these two points. I am putting my three best players on the ice as much as humanly possible. And he did that in the second period down three goals. And what do the Rangers do? They respond by chipping away the power play, which had been dead for a month and a half, suddenly alive out of nowhere. Who saw that coming? Not us. Because they <laughs> not okay. Can we get to the third period at this point? So this is when Ryan Lindgren dies. And part of this was look, I, I think you and I have been critical of broadcasts in the past. Um, we will have an ESPN employee on in the future. <laughs> so I don't want to be too critical. Who, who worked the game yesterday, by the way? Yeah, yeah, okay. Um there were times where I look, I know this this is Joe Buck theory, right? Like Joe Buck hates your team. But there were times where I really felt like ESPN was um, just hating on the Rangers at points. And part of this was when Ryan Lindgren took the, the end of a stick, the end, to his face. Mm -hmm. uh, Kevin Weeks said there was a big laceration. Uh, I think Lindgren was seen going in an ambulance to the hospital, was what was reported. Uh, Julie, Julie Stewart-Banks mentioned that, and it, it doesn't sound pretty. I don't know how serious it is. It just sounds like, frankly, he took a stick to the eye. What do you expect when... Someone takes a stick to the eye that they seek medical attention. I think you do the math there. It's not nice and it's not pretty. Right. Um, so Lingren gets like the guy pow just goes full through, hits Lingren in the eye. Not a penalty. I saw plenty of people argue if it was or not. I, I don't know. By Lindgren definition of the rule, you're allowed to follow through on your natural shooting motion, which Romanoff, that was what we consider a natural shooting motion. Sure, I get it. it. Pass. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, so then Romanov, uh, while Lindgren's dead, goes to the backside of the post. Right, because the, suddenly it's a five-on-four that nobody told anybody about. Correct. You expect Lindgren to be there. But I, I'll say that I'm not overly critical of ESPN's handling of it. In the moment, they're like, wow, how did he get open? And at no point do they see the body in the corner, <laughs> like, like, like literally bleeding on the ice. It's like, you know, I wonder if that play had something to do with the fact that the guy was open. I, I, here's the thing. I am first in line to properly criticize a broadcast when I think a broadcast isn't doing something right. And 
frankly, Islander fans were bitching a ton in the first period. And you could say rightfully so when the Islanders were doing nothing but scoring goal after goal after goal, it did feel like the ESPN broadcast was just obsessed with the fact that the Rangers had two six foot seven guys who were playing in either their first or 10th NHL game. They were on their also fourth obsessed line. with talking about how bad Igor has been. Yes. But that's, and no one wanted to mention that Sorokin hasn't been great shakes not mo- once, for most the of the season. No. Uh, but I, you, it's not your broadcast. So you're going to naturally have a tendency to find a flaw and pick at that scab. That's what we do with natural national broadcasts. We do this in the playoffs. We do this at, at these televised events. We do this all the time. So I forgive those more often than not because no matter what Ray Ferraro says, no matter what um, Sean McDonough says, they're not Sam and Joe. And you want Sam and Joe. You want your guys. Shit, I do this with Gary, Keith, and Ron all the time with Met games. Like, no one's going to be Gary, Keith, and Ron. And John Smoltz also happens to be just a fucking idiot. And I have to watch him every time the Mets are on Fox and I want to die. But they forgive the broadcast for not doing a lot. And it's an outdoor game. We, again, how many times have you heard me say on this podcast that those broadcasters, while they care about the you's and the me's of the world, they also realize a lot of casual fans who probably know dick about hockey but heard that there's an outdoor game being played involving two New York teams, they just want to watch it, you have to cater to the people that you're trying to keep. That We're we're already gone. We're we're here. We're watching. If my team's involved, I'm watching. They don't got to worry about you. They don't have to worry about me, yeah. They worry. They they die. He died. He was (laughs) dead. I I, That play, uh, you know how people got upset when Jacob Chuba took a swing at his stick at the guy in the Bruins? Yeah. Uh, this is a little different. Yeah, because this, this murdered a guy. This is straight to the face. Yeah. Uh, look, I don't know how long Ryan Lindgren's going to be out for. I can't imagine he plays on Tuesday. Color me shocked if he does. <laughs> well, he's um, Ryan Lindgren. I don't know if I'd be shocked. I would... You're right. I wouldn't be shocked, but I, I, I'd probably tell him, like, maybe take a game off. Yeah, right? maybe, maybe relax, you know? Like, like, take, let's actually get some run here, buddy. Like, take a little we'll, snooze, bud. We'll be okay. Like, I will, I will, this, Stars is I'm happy great. you brought this up. I do want to make a note. Uh, Hope, who we had on the podcast a couple weeks ago, mm-hmm. did bring up an important point. Connor Mackey picked up an injury uh, in this three games and three days stretch that the Wolfpack are playing, and it doesn't seem like that's a day-to-day injury either. Great. So suddenly, with if Lindgren's out, the Rangers only have twelve healthy defensemen in their top two levels of professional. Yeah, they oh, only no. have. And again, uh, the Wolfpack play another three games this week, so it's not like the Rangers can just pluck up a Hartford skater and wish Hartford luck. Uh, I'm sure Hartford could go thirteen five if they needed to, but you don't want to make your AHL affiliate do that with, again, three games this week. So the Rangers might have to make some kind of low-level roster move. And it'll be interesting if we see that move today or tomorrow um, at the Hartford level. Because if they don't call up a defenseman and don't backfill that defenseman, that to me means they feel confident in a pinch Ryan Lindgren could play. Back to the third period. Yes. R- Ryan Lindgren dies. He's dead. Yeah, I, Dobson, you know, I wish him luck in all his future endeavors. Dobson uh, uh, gets Romanov and... Romanov? Is that what I called him? Romanov? 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 Like, what, what is he celebrating Romanov. a 40-day holiday in like He's also early eating, spring? Eating noodles in Japan. Um, so, <laughs> anyway. Rom- Romanov. Hey, what'd you have for dinner last night? Oh, I went light. I had some ramen. 
Ramenov, you know. <laughs> yeah, Ramenov. It's Russian, Russian, Russian noodles. Russian, Russian noodles, yeah, really good. <laughs> Jesus Christ, what is wrong uh, with so you? so fucking bad. All right, so they cry. Like, we get, I, at this point, I was convinced the Rangers were going to get back into this game before okay. this goal. Absolutely convinced. I was like, there's no way they don't tie this up. I think you even tweeted it out that the Rangers, the Islanders are dying for a loser point here. Well, I, I said, so I said uh, at the end of the third period when the Rangers made it 4 3, um, Jeff and I, of course, were texting as I'm one to do. Uh, by the way, mm-hmm. I'm watching the game on Thursday with Jeff. Surely nice. that will go well. Uh, Jeff and I were texting, and Jeff was just getting really angry at me as if it was my fault that the Rangers were crawling their way back into this hockey game. Because he's like, you know that you're just going to give the Islanders another loser point. And I was like, yeah, that's a pretty good point. I should make a joke about this. So I make a joke about it. And what happens? Oh, shit. It starts coming to life. To the point where I started to get angry at Jeff that he hadn't live bet the Rangers. Because he called this before I did. A couple of our friends did live bet the Rangers. I saw Fitz got him at plus 450 money line. I pretty think good. they were plus 12, uh, 12 to 1 at one point. Woo! Um, so Kreider scores a power play goal. Mm-hmm. Okay, tip in. And now, by the way, this is during when they pulled Igor Shosturkin on power plays. Correct. So with six, I believe that was around the six-minute mark of the third period. That's the Rangers correct. were a six on four with their net empty. And all the Islanders have to, as much as Islander fans, they bitch about so many things. But God love them. A real proper rival. They were just complaining about how every call was going the Rangers' way. Well, let's talk about the last call. Because Lafreniere, I don't want to say he embellished. Oh, stop it. It was a little soft. <laughs> he just added some French-Canadian flair to it, bro. I don't know well, what to tell you. Look, he's a player. He'll do anything to win, including maybe falling down a little too easy. But, I mean, it worked. So, great for the ratings, ESPN. <laughs> I cannot believe you're an Islander fan. This is all I'm hearing from you. Look, I'm just calling a spade a spade. I love Lafreniere. He uh-huh. absolutely, like, fell a little too easy there. But he got the call. He got the call. <laughs> uh, and then Mika Zabinajad does what he does best and shoots from his office. It goes in. Uh, Lafreniere and Adam Fox also because they were also playing six on four at that point and uh, to go to overtime then overtime happens uh, is there any more chaotic way to lose a game so 10 seconds in here's here's my thing Ryan okay I know I've said the words I cannot be- I cannot imagine rooting for a team that loses like that when talking about the New York Mets a team that I root for that is a loss that I know in my heart of hearts, I'm going to see five times this summer. It's going to happen. The Mets play 162 games at five different times. They're going to lose a fucking ridiculous extra inning or ninth inning in that fashion. And I'm going to st- go walk outside, stare at the moon, and contemplate the decisions I've made in my life at this point to end up in this situation. I, I, I need to set that picture for you to understand what I'm about to say. I cannot imagine losing that game in that fashion. You, your best defenseman, having the season of his life, mishandling a puck in front of, oh, I don't know, Artemi Panarin, but then making this amazing recovery defensive play. Absolutely incredible. Ryan, the only way to describe what Noah Dobson did was he supermaned that hoe of a puck and dove chest first into the crease to cover for Ilya Sorokin, who for some reason decided now's the time to take a nap and <laughs> fell to the ice. And he saves the puck and knocks the net. He had to do so much to get his body in the right position to stop this puck that he knocks the netting off its moorings. And what happens from there? 
Well, sleepy boy Sorokin has the puck bounce off his face and slowly trickle across the red line, which we assume is the goal line. But again, the goal is not on its moorings. And that's how they fucking lost. Ryan, most Islander fans are also Met fans, and many of them are also Jets fans. Why watch sports if this is what you put yourself through? There has to be something else you can do. Because at some point, it can't be worth it. it the payoff just isn't good enough. Our friend Ethan was at the game. And oh, I was, very, the- I was very mean to Ethan. I, yeah, rightfully so. <laughs> Because he would have been mean to us as well. He was already but, mean. He said, what time is it? Five past Igor. I know. It's okay. It's Fuck actually, you. It's actually six past Torkin. Yeah. Right? <laughs> so, uh, but, but he had to take the train home. Like, oh, man. <laughs> oh, man. Drunk, drunk LIRR train with Ranger fans after that game. When you're wearing an Islander jersey is the sixth circle of hell. The worst part is I don't even think it's the worst loss he saw in MetLife this year. No, it's not even close. That's crazy. <laughs> the fucking shit ass that he is. That's oh, crazy. God love him. Sorry, He's Ethan. one of my favorite people in the world. I'm not sorry. Fuck him. You know how many times that prick slid into <laughs> our DMs and was like, hey, man, did Lane, Lane, Lane Lambert get fired today? It's like, I'm not asking people this question for the hundredth time. No, <laughs> I've asked my sources, the people that I trust and respect, three times for you. <laughs> they think I'm crazy. They're curious why I'm so curious. Yeah, why do you care about the Islanders so much, Gregory? I can't tell you why. <laughs> That's what I'm asking. I'm trying to be a good friend. They don't appreciate or understand that logic. They just think I'm fucking mental. Yes. Anyway, uh, I think we covered the game pretty well. I think we did great. What a day. Uh, they won. Look, seven in a row. Team's good. <laughs> well, they're only as good as their first period on Tuesday. Let's well, be honest. Yeah, well, that's true. And they're... The Dallas Stars are pretty good. Um, oh, shit. It's the Stars? Yeah. It's, this week is interesting. It's Stars, Devils, and then back-to-back on the weekend, Flyers, Blue Jackets. Yeah. Yeah. That's a tough schedule for the week. After well, you, did, you said the Blue Jackets? Uh, Blue Jackets are not tough, but still a back-to-back, and it's only 27. It's probably, it's 24 hours apart, pretty much. At some point, we have to applaud the, the hustle JD has here where he can't get fired. I I mean, you want to do an OT? Because I <laughs> are you afraid to say it on the main line? I'm baffled that he <laughs> he not only was in charge of not getting fired after they pretty much fired everyone in in, in Columbus, but he's going after Jeff Gordon? Question mark. Oh, and God. everyone's kind of cool with it. I love it. I love it. I think it's great. I don't think hockey should ever change. Hockey's been good this year in terms of drama. It's been it's been feed and families. That's for no sure. No soap operas, just hockey. Yeah, but Stars Devils, that's that's a tough two games. That's a tough two games. So Yeah, well, especially since we're playing someone else's Stanley Cup final once again. I know. Uh by the way, Rick, Uncle Rick, he's fire been on, on fire. He's been on, on fire. fire, man. Uh <laughs> this is game what did you say? This is game number fifty five for the Rangers and game seven for the Islanders. I was like, yeah, you yeah. still have it. He still got it, dude. There's uh, sometimes when Rick is salty on Twitter where I'm like, oh, man, I love it. I love it. Uncle I Rick's love the it. best. I'm I used just, to be upset about it. Now I'm pumped. Now I understand. I un- we get it. We're, yeah. we're, in lo- we're looped in on the brand. Yep. Uh, I'm, so, I'm so happy to have Uncle Rick in my life. He's been just on fire the past couple months. Go buy his book, everybody. It's a good book. Um, all right. I think that's it. Let's get to our sponsors, and then we'll come right back with our dear friend, the Click King, Larry Brooks, Transition. Hey, yo, this episode's brought to you by TickPick, the official ticket sponsor of Blue Shirts Breakaway all season long. That's right. You can download the TickPick app today. 
It's one of my favorite way to purchase tickets. I bought my WrestleMania tickets there. I bought future Ranger tickets there. I bought the entire, literally everybody. We're going with nine people to the Philadelphia Flyers game this Saturday. I bought everyone's ticket on TickPick. And they then would be back. But I bought them on TickPick because it had the lowest price. I went to other websites, checked it out. When I was Before I was going to sign out, the, the fee like tripled. It was freaking crazy. But I went to TickPick and the fee is what I saw. I was like, hey, this is the price at checkout. That's what it was. So Baller Move used my own code, BLUESHIRTS15, to get $15 off my order. And you can use it too. Use BLUESHIRTS15 as you check out on TickPick to get $15 off any order over $99 on any account one time. And you could be with us at the game on Saturday. So we'll see some of you on Saturday at the Philadelphia Flyers game versus the Rangers, where I bought the tickets on TickPick, the official sponsor of Blue Shirts Breakaway all season long. Go see concerts, go see games, go to WrestleMania, do whatever. Go to TickPick, use code BLUESHIRTS15, and we'll see you at the event. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, we're back with our first guest. We have Larry Brooks, of the New York Post, reoccurring guest two years ago, was on this show talking about Matthew Kachuk, or maybe not mentioning him. But Larry, how are you? I'm fine. <laughs> hey, we should have traded for that guy. Just throwing it out there. Right, you might, might, might want, yeah, you might want to try to to have gotten him. Yeah, yeah, it seems like it was a good idea. Um, yeah. hey, look, there's so many topics to start with here, but I kind of want to start with the Rangers have won six in a row, or seven in a row now. They come yeah. off an exhilarating win at the Stadium Series. Awesome. And yet, it feels like this team hasn't hit their peak at all. Because Zabinajad is not playing well at 5v5. They've uh, suffered injuries with Blake Wheeler. Where does this team even start to go from here? Well, that's a really interesting point. Because really, other than Panarin, Trocek certainly, um, I guess Lafreniere, none of their marquee players are having career seasons. And so there's there's room for every one of them to grow from now to the end of the year. You know, there's more from uh, Kreider that we can see. There's more from Zabanajad that we can see. There's more from Adam Fox uh, that we can see. There's obviously more from Igor Shosturkin. So if 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 you project that they are all going to hit their bar between now and, and, you know, the end of the playoffs, they're in pretty good shape. If they're not going to get the best out of these guys, they're going to have some trouble winning 16 playoff games. And that's, and th- and that's the way I've, I've tried to evaluate this team all year. We know they're a good team. We, you know, we know they're a good regular season team. They, you know, they can be explosive. Um, um, you know, they, they've been one of the better teams over the regular season for the last three seasons now. 
So we, we know what they are. Um, we're not sure that they can win seven, 16 playoff games. That's, that's really their mission, win 16 playoff games. And, and between now and March 8th, they're going to have to construct a roster that, that gives them the best chance to do that. I, I you know, I, you look around the league, there, there are no, you know, there are no dynasty teams. There, there are no great teams in the National Hockey League. So it, it's not as if that they are, that you can't imagine them winning four out of seven from anybody, but you can also imagine them losing four out of seven to a lot of teams. So I'm not sure. If, you know, they're a good team. Um, when they're playing well, they're a fun team to watch. Larry, the next three weeks, we're all going to be just trying to guess which player the Rangers are going to trade for. But instead of asking you off the rip, which future Ranger should we be eyeballing? I I need to know, when Phil Heedle went down, I think we all expected the Rangers to need to add a center. In your eyes, has Johnny Brodzinski passed the smell test? Do they have a third center that you feel confident about on this roster and they can focus elsewhere? Depending on the cost, I would, I, I would, um, I would want to upgrade that spot. Um, I, I, I would want to, I, I would want a, a more veteran player um, between Kako and, and Cooley. If, if that's the line they're going forward with. And I think they will, at least for the short term. Um, I think Brodzinski is a, is a nice player. I think he adds a, an element of speed that's that um, meshes well with with Kako and and Cooley. But I, I think um, the Rangers would want a more substantial player there. I I want a bigger player. I, I just do. I, I want I want more size. I want more physicality. I like again. I really like Brodzinski's shoot first mentality. That's uh, kind of stands out. On this team, I, I like the speed that he brings. He's, you know, he's. I think he's made himself an NHL player rather than a, you know, a quadruple A player. Um, so I, I think he's 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 going to be on the roster, but I would I would um, be a little more confident with a more established center plan there. So then me, that, oh, that sorry, sorry Ryan, but to naturally lead into the next question, we know center prices are high. We just look at the two centers that have been traded so far. Yeah. They've both cost at least a first round pick. Do the Rangers have enough assets to get a center that fits your definition and the player I personally think the Rangers need the most, which is a right winger that can unleash me as a Benajet? Well, it it honestly it depends because they're going to have Probably between well, at least five million in cap space to deal with, and that obviously is before retentions. So I think the Rangers, you know, the Rangers are going to have space. I think to do a few things. What the cost is 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 you know, will it be cost effective? That's that's what Chris Drury was is you know is going to have to determine. Um, do I think they will wind up trading their first rounder this year? Yes, I do. I think they'll wind up trading their first rounder this year because, again, you know, th- like three or four weeks ago, I said, I don't know that this is a team to go all in on. <laughs> you know, I'm not sure what all in means, though. Um, does all in meaning, does all in mean trading 2024 first rounder? Well, if it does, I think they're going to do that. Um, I don't see them parting with anybody on their roster. 
it doesn't make sense to me. You know, I, I know there was all this talk about CACO, but it never made sense to me. Um, why, why you'd want to try and fill one hole by creating another for, for a team that's trying to win, it's trying to, uh, you know, bolster the, the, the roster. Just, it, it just doesn't make sense to me to, to trade a top nine, one top, top nine guy for another top nine guy. You know, we're, we're not talking about Connor Bedard here. So, you know, they're not getting Connor Bedard back. So I don't, I don't see why you would want to trade a top nine for a top nine. Um, um, so yeah, I, I think the Rangers are going to have enough cap space to get a right wing and to get a center if they want, but I don't know what the cost would be. And I, and I don't see them, um, I don't see them putting Brennan Othman in, in, in a trade. If, if that's the definition of going all in, I don't think they're going to that extent. I don't think they would either. I think they want to keep those cheap pieces for the future when they yeah. know cap's going to be tight as they begin to sign other players. But Larry, to stay on the trade deadline, I get a lot of people that talk to me about, you know, can X player come back? Vetrano, Buchnevich, Tarasenko, Kane, etc. You don't see anybody returning from the previous. It's all going to kind of be names that are out in the trade market now. Maybe a Henrique, which I don't know if Drew is going to trade a first for, or other maybe team, maybe players the Rangers have not traded for for before, rather than somebody that's already know that knows the team well and wants to come back. Well, the the interesting part of this is like the three right wings who are out there have all played here. Um, I don't think Patrick Kane is out there actually. I mean, you know, Patrick Kane is not going to ask Detroit to trade him. And I, you know, in the middle of a playoff race, I mean, that would just be a terrible look. Uh, You know, there's why would, you know, Patrick Kane chose Detroit. Um, You know, they're, they're in a, in a playoff race. They're not going to fall out of it before the deadline. So um, I don't, and, and honestly, I, I don't think Patrick Kane really has been an alternative for the Rangers at all this year. I think, you know, the, the opportunity came and went, unfortunately, at the nadir of Kane's career. It, it just was the worst timing possible. Um, but no, I don't see Patrick Kane coming back. I think there's a possibility of Tarasenko. It, it, yeah. It, again, it depends on the cost. You know, he fit last year. I don't think he particularly will unleash you know, Mika Zibanejad and Chris Kreider. They were, you know, they were only, you know, kind of ordinary when he played with them last year. They, he didn't play a lot there. Um, you know, it was it was a strange, it was a strange run because his acquisition was entirely overshadowed by Kane's, and suddenly his ice time diminished and. Um, but he wanted to stay and, and, and he stayed in New York really deep into the summer. His son is a, is a, is a goalie. I think he's a Bantam age goalie or uh, yeah, I think a Bantam age goalie. And he was working out in a program in, in Connecticut through the summer. So I, you know, Tarasenko loved New York. I, th- I think he was a good Ranger. I'm not sure he, he wouldn't be the top guy on my list. Um, I think Zabanajad and Kreider, do a little bit better with speed on the, on their right side. Um, not that I, you know, not that it's going to be the right wing's responsibility to get Zibanejad and Kreider playing. They're, they're the, you know, they're the senior players on the team. They're signature players on the team. It's on it's on them to get themselves going and, and to play well. Chris has always been a very good playoff player. He's you know he's 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 a, you know he scored six goals in seven games last year. So. Um, 
but the, you know, the guy, if we're talking about returning players, I think Vetrano probably fits better. I think Vetrano also, also with the one year left on his contract kind of takes care of that position through next season. So they're not looking for a right wing again when, you know, when you're going into the summer. So, um, yeah, they, but there just aren't a lot of um, alternatives. There just aren't. They, you know, you don't. There aren't too many guys out there, and you say, "Oh, yeah, that's a that's that's a first line right wing. That's a guy who can play with Zibanejad and, and Kreider." So, and and we know that Tarasenko can. We know that Petrano can, and that's why they keep coming up. Who is on top of your list, Larry? I know. I think you've talked about a name like Jacob Silverberg before, and he's. Shockingly, having a really good season on a really bad Ducks team, along with, you know, the host of former Rangers that exist out there, including Frank Vetrano. But who is who is your pie in the sky? I would rather take care of the center first. Um, I think that's that's the position I would rather take care of. I, I understand they have more of a void now at right wing, but I think that can settle. It's I, look, I don't know how they're going to. I want them to bulk up. And that's what I've wanted them to do for years and years and years. You know, I know they're talented, but I I want them to be a much tougher team to play against. That's that's you know that that would be the umbrella under which I I want them to find a center. I want them to find a center that can play and is tough. And I and I and I need you know I need them to add physicality in the bottom six. I think there's. You know, it's no secret why Edstrom and even Rempe are here because they, you know, they obviously are looking for a little bit of size. They're looking for a little bit of physicality and they are looking through their system to see if they have it internally before they have to go get it externally. But again, un- until you know what the what the cost is on a deal, you can throw out names, but um you know, if if the GM is is asking an unreasonable price, it's it's uh, there's no one out there. I you know I see who is, you know the the um, the uh, you know has has the you know has magic in him. You know, there's no Butch Goring out there um, who's going to turn this team uh, in, into a, a champion. I don't think. I, so I, I think it's going to be a a matter of. Um, multiple pieces coming in. But again, I, I want them to be harder to play against because I don't think you can win 16 games sheerly, uh, you know, on, on sheer talent in the playoffs. Just genuinely curious, because I, I, I do agree with you on the Vetrano point. I think we've made it on this show a couple of different times. And I would be okay with trading a first for, for Vetrano. I mean, even if it came with Adam Henrique and a couple of prospects go the, go the Ducks way. Is Henrique a player that you think that could fill that spot or is it somebody else? You know, I'm, I like Henrique. I think, listen, I, I think Adam Henrique adds to a team. Um, does he fit with Cooley? And, and um, I, I, would, I, I don't think, you know, I'd, I'd rather have somebody who skates better than, than Henrique at this point. Um, but I, I, I think he would improve their team. I think, I think he would make them a more substantial team. I, I'm not sure he's, he's the guy I would, I would target at this point, though. Larry, something Ryan and I talk about a lot, and I'm curious where you come down on it as well. It just feels like the fan momentum of we're great or we're the worst team ever 
really does depend on just what the score is at any given time of the game that we're watching. Have you noticed that fan confidence seems to be more fickle than ever before? Or is that something where Ryan and I just live too online and we notice too many things? Well, I, I think it's understandable because even yesterday, you watched the t- first 21 minutes of this game and you say, this team isn't going to win. You know, and, and I don't mean yesterday. I mean, you know, this team's not going to win the cup. They're they're getting beaten in battles. They're not winning their one-on-ones. They're, they're, they're being outplayed in front of both nets. So you watch it and you say, you know what? They, they, you know, th- this is what they're missing. And then... You know they they explode and you and you say you know what they can win because when their marquee guys when their top guys are playing at their top level they are very very tough to rein in they are and when the power play gets going it's impossible to stop you know it, it, you know but it doesn't but you know but it's too streaky it's just too streaky right now um, so I get it because again like like, like I said before. You 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 can appreciate how good they are by watching them. I mean, they're what third overall in the league again. They are, yeah. You know, they won seven. They won seven straight again. They were third in the league, you know, overall. So you 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 understand intellectually how how you know that they're a good team, but it's emotionally, it's 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 one Stanley Cup since nineteen forty. That's what it is. How are they going to win? Are they going to win? Are they, are, you know, are they going to lose in the first round again? Are they going to get beaten? How are they going to lose? They're not strong enough. They're not this. They're not that. And, you know, if, if they had won three times in the last 12 years, I, you know, probably this, this wouldn't be the, you know, the dialogue. But it is. It's, it's, it's all this history, all of it, you know, that they've won once since 1940. I think this year has been... Obviously shaky for Igor Shosturkin at times. I think they mentioned on the broadcast multiple times yesterday. It was like the 14th time he's let up four goals in a game. Uh, I'm big blame the sun guy yesterday. That's my deal. But for the other times, I can't blame the sun. I think Igor will figure it out. I think the fans uh, are probably giving him rightfully so uh, some backup and some shit. But where are you with Igor Shosturkin and coming back into form right now? Um... I don't, I don't, I, I don't, he's, he is so erratic at this point that he's not really, he's not reliable. And you just don't know. And he's not, you know, let me just say this, you know, he is not in year five what people expected one month into his career. He, listen, he's a good goalie. He's good. Um, he, you know, he, you know, he may be able to carry them. Um, I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm not writing him off. But I, I think that when, when people got a look at him when he came up in January 2020, he was breathtaking. How fast he was, how he covered the net. He, he gave up no rebounds at all, and it was his recall that that triggered their their run. To you know, to to the point where they were invited to that tournament. Whether whether it ultimately was a good thing or not, we don't know. But um, you know, I, I think there was you know the the um, expectation that Shesterkin was going to be Lundqvist, 
No, it was just going to be a line of succession. You know, you go, you know, as as if Lund, you know, as if Richter had handed it directly off to Lundquist, and now Lundquist was going to hand it off directly to Shesterkin. And Igor has has had you know has had ups and downs. It's it's you know the the 2021 COVID season again. You know, it's a COVID year, but you know he was he was really up and down that year. Uh, the next year, obviously, he wins the Vezina. He's the best goalie in the world. Last year, he was inconsistent. Got it going the last month of the season. And this year, he's been inconsistent. So I'm not sure. Um, you know, when he's on a roll, they can they can, they can can jump on his back. But it's um, he's given up too many marginal goals this year. Um, just goals that come out of nowhere. And um, they're, they're, you know... It's 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 one of the reasons I think people doubt how far they can go. If if he were at the top of if this were twenty twenty one, twenty two, and he was playing at that level, I think right now they would be the, the clear cut favorite to win the cup. Are we at a point with Mika Zibanejad where concern is where would is concern too high, just about right, or too low? Because he entered the season coming off. Easily his worst playoff performance as a New York Ranger, and then you add in outside of what a three four month not month week spurt that he had towards middle of November to middle of December. He's kind of been a passenger the entire time this year. Uh, that's it, not fair. Is that not fair? Oh, no, passenger, come on! I he's, he that, hasn't. No, that is that really is not fair. Well, he hasn't he been his advantage yet either. Though. He may not be scoring. He may not be driving five-on-five offense, but he is not a passenger. The guy is on the, their first penalty kill team. He does so much work in the defensive zone. It's 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 it's, it's you know it, it's above and beyond. I mean, you know, Chris Kreider can do a lot of things. He's not a great defensive player. So Mika's you know Mika's playing the middle. Mika's playing his side. Mika's playing you know he, you can you can um, wonder about his you know, why he hasn't scored much five on five, but to call him a passenger is, is really, you know, is, 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 is not right. Fair enough. Point taken. He still hasn't been the Mika Zibanejad Ranger fans expect. And when the Rangers were in their dearth of offensive production, it seemed to fall at the feet of Mika yeah, Zibanejad. Need, yeah, they need more from him. They need, they, they need more offensive production from, from Mika five on five. They do. But I'm never concerned about Mika's advantage. Never. That well, that answers. He's always he's always gonna he's always gonna come to the. He's always gonna play. Always. You're always. You know. He may not have his best game, but you're always gonna get his best effort. Let's go to the coaching staff because, uh, just personally, I wasn't a big fan of Gallant during his time here. But what what are the differences you've seen in how the team prepares this year compared to last year? There have been some erratic times. Obviously, January was bad last year. It was bad again this year. Um, but have you seen preparation differences? Have you seen that effect on the ice? What has been the difference with the coaching staff for you? Well, there's, I mean, there's so much more attention to detail with this coaching staff that, uh, honestly, it's, there's, there's, <laughs> there's very little to compare between the way that the, the, you know, the the team prepared last year and, and the team prepares this year. Um, it's, it's, it's just a completely different level. Um, 
uh, you know, there's, there's just much more attention to system, to detail, to face-off plays, just, you know, the, the X's and O's. There's, there's just, uh, uh, you know, it's, it's, you know, I, I don't, I don't, I don't want to denigrate Gallant. Um, they had two really good seasons under him. Incredible seasons. I'm not trying to say that. Just, there's the some other stuff finals, too as well. Yeah. But you know, their, you know, their routine is, is completely different and, and everybody knew it was going to be, I mean, Gallant was a, as a hands-off guy, laissez-faire. I mean, I, I don't remember very much about economics from high school and, and uh, college. And, and um, but I think wasn't it Adam Smith, the laissez-faire guy. I mean, that's, 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 um, there's any of the laissez-faire economist, Adam Smith, but, uh, you know, Gallant is kind of the laissez-faire head coach. He's kind of like, go play, go play, go play. Get out there and get him. Um, and that can, listen, that, you know, it, it, it works to an extent. I mean, look what the Rangers did. Um, um, so, but, but honestly, I mean, Laviolette is, is just, you know, focused on detail there, you know, the, the, you know, there, there's, there's just a lot of, uh, a lot of preparation that goes into this now that that um, they didn't do last year, Larry. It's been a you mentioned this earlier. It's been an odd season uh, all across the NHL, but especially it feels like in the Eastern Conference, the Hurricanes aren't what we expected. The Devils haven't been what we yeah. expected. The Islanders haven't had the bounce back that we expected, and the Atlantic is just strange. Who would you call the best team in the Eastern Conference right now? I know you've always been partial to the Panthers. Is yeah, it the well, Panthers? Well, I, I I think the Panthers. Um, I think the Panthers play a style that translates to the playoffs. Um, I, I you know I think they're a, a high end talent team that's also a very uh, um, heavy team in the playoffs to play against. So I I, I like them. You know I I do. I think that's the team. I think they're the team the Rangers um, need to gear up to beat. Now, you know, I think New Jersey would be very scary to me if they get a if if they get a goalie. Like if if they could get Jacob Markstrom and Markstrom can, you know, could bring the same level of play to New Jersey that he has this year for Calgary, I'd be I'd be worried, very worried about New Jersey because they have so much high end talent. They just do. Um, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's, uh, they have an embarrassment of riches in, in, in high end talent and young high end talent. So, um, but I, you know, I, and, and Boston, I don't know what they're going through. I think they're going to need to get a center too. Um, you know, Boston's obviously good. We don't know about Carolina. They're a hard team to play against. I don't love their goaltending. You know, if they get the goalie, they, they become tougher. But as I look at it right now, the, the team that worries me for the Rangers is, is Florida. My yeah, next listen, question is going to be they could play oh. Toronto, you know, they could wind up playing Toronto in the first round and, and wind up playing six, seven, five games, you know? So, so um, you know, I, I don't, I don't know. Um, but yeah, Florida, Florida is the one team that kind of bothers me. If, I, if I'm, you know, if I'm looking at it from a Ranger perspective, Florida is the team I think they have to get through. Yeah, I was going to ask who's the team you don't want to see in the first round, if possible, for the Rangers. Could that be the Leafs? Uh, it would be New Jersey if they have a goalie. Yeah, I, I don't, I'm sure you heard this, but it was just very strange that like Sportsnet, MSG, and a bunch of other places at the same time mentioned that the Markstrom, like they they had talked to, about with the Flames to trade for Markstrom at the same time, and then it was just like very strange out of nowhere. We'll see if the Jersey can pull that off because I think. 
personally, I think Jersey's still going to make the playoffs, and Detroit's going to be the team out. But yeah, now that they're getting maybe. healthy, there's just too much talent in New Jersey. I maybe. can't, I can't there, see them there's not too much talent. Them. But they also they they give up so many soft goals. I mean, they just they they do, and it's not all on the goalie. Um, but um, yeah, I I I, um, I like their team if they get a goalie. Now again, what the cost is? If I'm excuse me, if I'm Calgary. I'm making New Jersey pay, you know, um, and and maybe a price that New Jersey wouldn't want to pay. I'm asking for one of the two defensemen. I'm asking for Luke Hughes, who they're obviously not going to trade, uh, or Nemitz. That's that's what I want. And if I'm New Jersey, I'm saying, wait a second, I'm no not way, giving yeah. you this 20 year old defenseman. Are you kidding? Um, but maybe you know Hannafin joins joins the uh, deal. But again, if if I'm Calgary. I am forcing New Jersey to pay for a goalie who might win them the Stanley Cup. I'm not, you know, there are no discounts. That's for sure. It's just so funny talking with Devils fans because, you know, I get it. And nobody likes trading any of their young players, but none of the Devils young players are available. If you mention to a Devils fan that if they could put Casey in a trade, you'll get your head ripped off. And it's like, well, you got to trade someone, guys. I don't know what to tell you. (laughs) That was us during Jack Eichel. So they would trade who? Uh, Casey, they're, oh God, oh, was he their first round right. pick last year? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Larry, final question on my end. You, you talked about size and toughness. Is there anything else defensively that this team needs to do for the playoff stretch? There's been plenty of times where I think things have broken down. I think the defensive pairings have been pretty good. We'll see what happens with Ryan Lindgren. I know Miller Truba gets broken down sometimes. Igor Shosturkin lets in some softies here and there. I get that. But is there anything they can improve? with tightening things up heading into this, into the playoffs. Well, I think that I, I think their um, I think their neck, their gap needs to be a lot tighter, but uh, you know, that's, that's, um, that's interlocked with their four check and, and, you know, their five man defense, but um, I'd, I'd like, yeah, I'd, I'd like to see them be a little bit sharper on their reads. I, I'd like, I, I, uh, I think they need to be a little bit more physical. I mean, Keandre Miller needs to be a little bit more physical. Um, other, uh, you know, other than that, I'm not, you know, I'm, uh, I think I think their defensive zone reads have been pretty good most of the year. Um, I, I think they're pretty well schooled in in playing in the defensive zone. I think they have they they get lost on the rush, so they, I think they need to do a better job on the rush, but it. It's also not on their, obviously not only on their defense pairs, it's on their, their forwards too, who sometimes uh, get caught. Larry, uh, we talked about it briefly before you, we started recording. Not enough people understand or appreciate how much of a baseball guy I think you are at heart. Uh, you do have a BBWAA vote. Yeah. So I, I just want to talk about your ballot. And I want to do this. I want to do this in a friendly and a place of love, because first of all, I'm also an Andrew Jones guy. So anytime someone votes for Andrew Jones, even as a Met fan, I want to say that that is commendable and I like it. But there is a Billy Wagner conversation to have, and I'm curious why Billy Wagner doesn't get a vote. Billy Wagner doesn't get a vote because of his postseason performance. That's why I don't vote for him. It's it's not as if he it's to me. Listen, a relief pitcher has one job. <laughs> yeah. 
he has one job to, you know, to a closer has one job, shut down, the, shut down the opponent, get the three outs, get the last three outs. That role is never more important than it is in the postseason, right? Never. It's you, you like you, you don't hold Ted Williams. I think he was, what was he? One for 21 in his one world series. You know, you say, well, Ted Williams or, you know, whatever. Um, it's different. The relief pitcher has one job. Come in, get the last three outs, and and get the win for us. Billy Wagner's postseason record isn't ordinary, isn't bad. It's dreadful. I, I, it just, I mean, there's one game after another where he where he where he blew a save where he where he blew a lead, where he couldn't, where, you know, he came in a tie game and he lost the game. I mean, it's like series after series after series, year after year after year. And that's why I don't vote for Billy White. So you're, there's nothing I can do in the next 11 months to change your mind because it's his last year on the ballot? <laughs> I don't think so. You know what? I, I think he's going to get in, actually. I do. I, I think there will be enough people who who um, will look at it and say, you know what, I'll I'll vote for him this time. But again, I, I, I you know, I don't want to keep, you know, I, I, I do. I no, 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 it, listen, it, he hasn't, he, I don't want to be the person, you know. No, no, it's, <laughs> listen, the, the, I accept the postseason argument. He was, he had one good series in his postseason career and it was the NLDS with the Mets against the Dodgers. That's it. I can't if, – if you say – I, that's an argument I can't refute, and I respect it. Um, but I will I, – I know CeCe Sabathia is a first ballot – will be on his first ballot next year. You're, I'm assuming he then gets your vote since he's one of the best October pitchers we've seen in recent memory. Well, I'd have to take a look at it, honestly. Um but I, w- I would say at this point, I would I would probably lean yes on 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 Sabathia. Yeah, I think he's one. Of, you know, he's also um, one of the you know one of you know one of the last breed of of these guys who will take the ball, who took the ball on two days rest to pitch in a decisive game. So I mean, he's you know he's he is uh, you know CC is kind of the you know the prototype of of the starting pitcher that we all remember and I think we all respect and I think most baseball fans wish we're still in vogue. I mean I I don't know a baseball fan who who embraces the fact that pitch that starting pitchers are taken out after five or six innings regardless <laughs> of of how they're pitching. You're in the right place. You know there's there's no one who, who appreciates that. No one. So um if 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 you know the, the number if, if all of the stats don't quite align with CC going into the Hall of Fame or or getting a, you know getting a yes vote on his first ballot. I'm sorry, you know he is he is a prototypical you know starting pitcher that we all that we all admire. So um, he he brought a lot to the table. So um, yeah, I I, I I think I'm talking myself into it right now. 
Yeah. <laughs> I love it, Larry. Yeah. Uh, Greg, any final questions for our dear friend? No, no. I uh, I will also just tip my cap and say thank you for putting Beltran on your ballot, even though everybody still thinks he's the biggest cheat that's ever existed on human <laughs> mankind. He's a, Hall of Fa- he's a Hall of Famer. I just don't know what we're doing. Greg, like, we're just a Rangers podcast. No, I, under- I understand. I understand. But this is a safe space. And listen, put on the yeah. put on this plaque that he was part of one of the biggest cheating scandals that's ever existed in the modern era. Do it. That, it doesn't change the fact that he wasn't a Hall of Fame player. To me. You know, you know, it, it, baseball has such a, an interesting history and relationship with cheating because we celebrate Whitey Ford, who you know couldn't couldn't wait to tell you, oh, I cut up the ball. You know, I mean, yeah, <laughs> I really cut up. You know, I got the ball back from Yogi. And I would put it, you know, I would, I would, I would put it against my belt buckle. I mean, come on! I mean, we, you know, Gaylord Perry. What, what are you talking about? So some guys we celebrate for cheating. Other guys we keep out of the Hall of Fame entirely. It, it, you know, it's 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 really a, a, a bizarre uh, set of dynamics. The Hall is uh, one of our favorite topics because I feel like the Baseball Hall of Fame is the one that everyone actually talks about, whereas the Hockey Hall of Fame, the NHL, basketball, it's kind of like, if you're pretty good, you, you get in. Well, I just, the it's, we could end on this note. The Penguins yesterday technically retired the number of an active player in the <laughs> eyes of the Hockey Hall of Fame. Like, what are we doing? No, He's not warmed up, dude. Well, listen, though. But, but listen, 20, um, like 20 and a half years ago, an active player played in an alumni game outdoors. So, let's <laughs> you know. It's not so bad that that, that uh, what the Penguins did with the Yogs. <laughs> uh, the Yogs fine. He he could still play. I actually think he's probably better than mul- multiple people in the NHL. Still, yeah. that's another day. Yeah, well, he's um, the guy. Maybe he's the guy that could unlock uh, Mika. Larry, <laughs> uh, if he if that happened, I would jump out a window in happiness. Oh, you know <laughs> like, what? This is the so best day of my life. <laughs> right with you. If you write that article tomorrow, I'm going to throw yeah. also throw myself out the window. <laughs> Rangers, <laughs> Here's the Rangers answer: must get Yager. <laughs> <laughs> Larry Brooks. I'll click it. There you go. Um, Larry, I can't thank you enough for coming on. Anything you want to plug other than everything you do with the New no, York Post? No, thanks. Thanks, guys. Awesome. Uh, thanks, Larry. We'll talk to you soon. Enjoyable conversation. Thanks. And we're back. He's the king, man. Yeah, in Larry's defense, uh, while he was talking, uh, I looked up Billy Wagner's playoff numbers. Ryan, they're bad. I, I I don't have words. I did not realize how bad he was in the postseason. Yeah, uh, Larry did his research. Turns out he's a good journalist. Son of a bitch. I hate that. He really turned that around on me. I was not ready for it, and I'm upset about it. I look. I think you should be. <laughs> like, but this is like this is what Larry does best. He brings emotion out of people. Oh so, God, he really does. What a guy. He's quite, what a king. Quite Great interview uh, with him. I thank him for coming on and. Uh, it's pretty, it's pretty. I was surprised to hear what he said about Igor Shosturkin. I, 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 that was my most surprising part of the last. <laughs> I was surprised he defended, yelled at me about Mika Zibanejad so I wasn't much. Surprised about that as much, but yeah, I get why you were. Didn't expect it. I didn't expect to get flamed it's quite like that. <laughs> yeah, I. He, he was like, "How? I, I offended him at a at a core level there." Yeah, I think you just used the. I think you would if you would have said lackluster, not passenger. He would have agreed with you. But I, he's been a passenger, Ryan. I'm not wrong. I'm going to double down on this. He, he's i get it i we had a whole episode earlier this year where i explained that we give we place too much value on mika zibanejad's defensive prowess I, we just do he's not a selkie winning centerman i get it but also 
yeah, dad yelled at me there a little bit. And I, I, uh, boy, I will be taking out the garbage for the rest of the week. It was nice to see what it was like. Um, so let's, uh, let's read some five-star questions on the show. And by the way, if you're coming to Philly this weekend, say hi, I'll be at Xfinity live. On was that Saturday this afternoon. weekend? Yeah, I'll be at there at like twelve thirty. I think mm. Lou and a couple other people are coming down, so it's gonna be. I think we have nine seats together. It's pretty awesome. Oh my! So come hang. We'll be there. But uh, if you want to leave a five star question, you can go to our Patreon, join the Discord, leave a five star question, read them on the show. That's how it works. This is from Tag to Seamus. Greg has always been animate that the Rangers think Goodrow is a benefit to the team. Is it me or recently does it feel you like they're trying this to question f- last uh, week, Chief? Did I do this one? Yeah, I'm sorry. I will simply the- state again that you are projecting which is what my answer was last week that i'm surprised you don't remember here we go jets rangers one forget our trade possibilities after watching the calgary game is there anything we have to pray for not to happen more than a markstrom trade to new jersey that guy's a freaking wall yeah larry said it best larry larry's sentiment is the sentiment you and i have shared on this show a few times already where yeah if the if the devil suddenly get a goaltender it's trouble it's not great there's actually not that many five-star questions this week. Comparatively, usually we have a lot more. I'm not saying you guys are slacking. It's been a pretty good week. There's just like, when things are good, people don't ask questions. <laughs> um, this is from David. Who hates the city, a city more, Greg and Philly or Kreider and Montreal? See, uh, here's, here's my thing. I don't think Chris Kreider hates Montreal. He doesn't Mont- even think about them. Correct. He, he is Don Draper in Mad Men. He just doesn't. That guy says, I feel bad for you. Don Draper says, I don't think about you at all. That's Chris Kreider in Montreal. Montreal, oh. they might hate Chris Kreider to a level in which I hate Philadelphia. It's it's close. I, here's I think the, they hate him. They hate they hate Kreider and Chase Utley level. I That's don't think I mean. they do. I if Chase Utley stepped foot in New York, you'd have to worry about his personal safety. That's fair. I think you're I, right, actually. I like, don't nobody think, I don't has. Think that's too weird. Yeah. Now, I'm not saying it's because they're French Canadian. They're just not built the same as, you know, us New Yorkers. But also, have you spoken French recently? It's a, it's a soft language. <laughs> Alexi Lafreniere just, like, looked around. He was like, oh, that was weird. What just happened? Well, I mean, at the same time, Alexi Lafreniere, you know, I got nothing. But Gerard yeah, Gallant. Say soft? Jesus. Okay. <laughs> uh, Glenn's where you should have gone. Um, this is from. Uh, live laugh lavy greg on ot uh-huh. you said you would watch the ranger game on mute when sam retires would you consider watching the game in spanish sure you want to understand anything but the ranger score you'll get an answer screaming go which i don't know doesn't match the rosen but it's a good alternative i've thought about this a little bit i just i just wanted it wouldn't feel right watching a ranger game without sam i think that's really where i come down it I know it's going to happen. I know this is yeah, time, a time reality. Is we are else. going to live one day. Uh, I just, I don't know. I'm not prepared to answer this question accurately at this Refuse time. Refuse to accept it at this point in time. Yeah, I listen, if there's anything my brand is good at doing, it is uh, lying to thyself. I got to say, a lot of the five-star questions this week hit on topics we talked about. Pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um I did not read these beforehand. I never read them before this segment. Yeah, that, yeah, I mean, you can't read. Let's be yeah, real. Yeah, that's true. Uh, this is from Paneranoid Android. If the Rangers draw the Leafs, sick, in the first round, how do we feel about that? Are we nervous about? Uh, are we nervous in the least, or is it just really funny? We never played them in the playoffs before in our lifetimes. So I'll say this. Um, back in, you remember 2015? That, that magical year that we decided to start a Rangers podcast after yeah, one of the lowest moments of my professional sports life. Yeah, I don't know why we did that, but here we are. 
I think of the Leafs at the, as the same that I think of the Los Angeles Dodgers, where on paper, I know that they are phenomenal. They're great. Even regular season success to the nth degree. Great team. Blah, blah, blah. The thing is, once the lights are bright and you have to win some playoff games, something hilarious always seems to happen to the Dodgers where they end up shitting the bed. Our friend, Boston Mike, one of his favorite things, not a baseball fan in the least. Does it? He'll call himself a Red Sox fan. Doesn't watch is this all the he Kershaw does. Thing? Yeah, all he does is make fun <laughs> of us for giving a shit about baseball throughout the year. But once the playoffs start, the happiest text messages I ever get from Mike are like, "Fucking Kershaw, man, this guy sucks." <laughs> like it just he just goes he goes off. But here's the thing, Ryan, he's not wrong. No, he's not. I oh god, I should have asked Larry if he's going to vote for Clayton Kershaw. Oh, oh, missed time. opportunity. Next year, next yeah, year, yeah, yeah. Next year. Anyway, anyway, anyway. Yeah, like the Leafs are great. On paper, they have great players. And yet, the Dodgers did it in a fake World Series that you seem to be upset about for some reason. Yeah, you know, you shouldn't. I miss the pitchers of old. <laughs> Larry, Larry was speaking directly to you. Buddy. I didn't want to go into it. I felt like it was a bad time, but I just wanted to let him know he was going to say his face. Uh, <laughs> No, but like the Leafs are, to me, they are the Los Angeles Dodgers, where it's a highly talented team. It has no flaws. The difference is it does have a flaw. The Maple Leafs don't have a goalie, and the Dodgers don't have postseason pitching. And every year, that flaw rears its ugly head. That's how the Diamondbacks went to the World Series last year, Ryan. Do you remember that? Yes, I They do. beat the Dodgers. And the Philadelphia Phillies, yeah. <laughs> Unbelievable. I, like the, It's a joke with the Dodgers at some point. I remember, God, I feel so silly thinking back on 2022 and how I thought the rain, the Mets needed to win the division over the Braves, not to avoid playing in the wild card series, which they eventually lost, but so that they would avoid the Dodgers until the NLCS. I shouldn't have been worried about the Dodgers. They stink. They lost that year to the Padres in three games. They got swept. They'll be a juggernaut this year, too, and they'll win 120 games, but call me when they win. Cool, man. Like, let yeah. me know if they advance out of the division series. Yeah, hit me up. Yeah, let me know if Shohei Otani is pitching by then, too. Uh, this is from uh, Ali Loves Rangers. At what point can we say the Connor Mackey versus Kachuk fight was this year's helmet throw? Does it hinge on the stadium series win against the Islanders? Oh, well. Well, it was the Rempy fight, actually, Ali. Well, how many? Yeah, what? Well, no, the Rempy fight almost derailed the Rangers season. Of course, but you of need course. to remember. The, I do. I think the Mackey fight still stands. Still stands as the turning point. Yes. Not the Cooley game against the Ducks. Nope. I think it's still the Mackey fight. Fine. I mean, I, I don't know. We've had so many of these games. I've lost track. I'll, 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 you know, it's the flag holder for right now. This is like who holds the belt? Uh, Bill Simmons. <laughs> this is the – he holds the belt. The Mackey fight. <laughs> All right. All right. Uh, this is from uh, – we already read one from Tactic Seamus. This is from Real well, PJS. Well, no, technically you didn't. You repeated a question from last week. Oh, you're right. I'm, <laughs> thank you, Greg. So accountable. <laughs> I, this is from Tactic Seamus. I know the third line is looking good recently, but I said in October that a rookie, a career AHLer, and Kako was a cup-winning third line. What would your reaction be since the that was since that's the expectation? We won the uh, fucking think, cup. Uh, yeah, I the, think I, I think I told you. I think we would. I thought we'd be out of the playoffs. No, but so, this, so the way he phrases the question is, the Rangers have won a cup. With oh, this I third say line. we won a cup with this thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah we won a cup. Wow. Yeah, I'd be like, great. Did like what else? What what part of my body did I sell too? Like you're not yeah, telling me the full which story. Kidney. Yeah, tell no. Me. The thing about the third line, and we didn't talk about them at all. They played once again phenomenal uh, against the Islanders. They've been they've the been Rangers so to me. Cool. They've been the most consistent line. Where as much offense as Panarin, Trocheck, and Lafreniere provide, 
every now and then their defensive lapses are really frustrating. But you you get over it and you ignore it because, again, they are providing you so much offense that it doesn't fucking matter what mm-hmm. they do defensively. That third line, it just checks every 200 hockey men box that, for some reason, is also very pleasing to me. They crash the net. They possess the puck. They all have a shoot-first mentality. They're not afraid to create space for themselves. They don't try to make fancy passes. They're all selfish as get out. I fucking love it. Like, are you kidding me? Cooley throws his body around like he doesn't give a shit. Kako the puck. is yeah. a... He, this line is... I. It's still shocking to me. It truly is that Larry watches that line and thinks to himself, yeah, I would still, I would still want a center over Johnny Brodzinski. I just don't know what else Brodzinski has to do, frankly, at this point. B63. Yeah. <laughs> 220. Yeah. Okay. Final question from Real PJS. Where does the Stadium Series win rank as far as regular series season wins in your lifetime? Ugh, in my lifetime. That's a tough question. See, here's there are I'm many... just name name wins I remember and let's see how we can do that. Well, it's, how about that? it's behind the Mika five goal game right before the pandemic. It's also behind the overtime game with uh at I think it was at Nassau Coliseum where Mika hits Panarin or Panarin hits Mika and they score and the place goes absolutely bananas. I will say this. If you can't name the game itself, it doesn't rank ahead of that game. Okay. I I I understand recency bias and all that, but like Dallas stars last year was two years ago. Keandre last year. No, that was that was last year. Um, the point something left the Georgiev 48 save shutout against the hurricanes lives rent free in my head again. Not that that game was fun, great or entertaining. It's It's unbelievable. I just can't get over that game. It'll, it it haunts my dreams to a certain extent. Uh, that game is incredible. The game against the blues last year is another core memory game for me where it's like, boy, remember when Gerard Gallant was going to get fired? And then the two players he hates the most saved his job. That's a core game as well. That's a core game. And I get that those games are kind of recent, but yeah, I don't, I don't really have great memories of Ranger games from yesteryear. There's a like game from the 2018 Mets. where the Rangers are down like four, nothing to the Minnesota wild and they come back and win. That's oh, a good one. There was a, there was a game with the Rangers were in Montreal it was, yes, dude. I think it was too. the November after the pandemic. Yep. The Rangers were down. I was in Montreal with our friend, John. We went to the Senators game the night before. The Rangers got fucking trounced. We decided to go to Montreal, but not go to the game because we were going to hang out with Keith after the game. But we didn't go to the game. We just watched it at a bar. And the Rangers immediately went down 4 nothing in the first period. And John openly turned to me and said boy good thing we didn't go to that one and the rangers won i think six six four or something like that yeah something ridiculous yeah those are good games yeah uh this is this is one that they'll show highlights for for a long time let's put it that way it's Uh, the most memorable outdoor game the rangers have played to me where there's been some good ones yeah but like i know the i know the rangers beat the sabers at city field but the memory of that game is it was the coldest day on earth uh, that's true and then i don't i didn't remember the two to one game against the islanders that the you know obviously the rangers had previously played that they had highlights of i know there was a game was it the devils that hank had or the fly it was the flyers that hank had the flyers uh, uh, bre- uh not breakaway but penalty shot save mm-hmm. but like i don't outside of those brief moments i don't remember the game i will remember this game 
this game we'll talk about next year. We will. <laughs> this game we'll talk about in five years when we're like, hey, we're ending the podcast. Let's talk about our favorite Ranger games. That's a good one. Yeah, that's true. Uh, that's it for five star questions. Any other topics you want to go into today? You don't want to talk G Man Troy. Is that what, is that what you're telling me? I'm not really like. I think it's a you know Luke Voigt. I'm more of a Luke Voigt Voigt guy. So I know the Rangers. The Mets really change in on a dime from going. We're going to sign every reliever you never heard about to we're going to sign every first baseman that probably doesn't deserve to be in the well, major I get leagues. It. Lonzo said they hadn't talked. All right, him, that's so. enough, sir. <laughs> we're not. You're not. You're not going to pull that one on me, tough guy. That this, ain't happening. Yeah, I, I get why he doesn't want to stay. No, no offers. So. Hey, you want Good to talk time. about how that um, we are – did you see the Giancarlo Stanton quote today? No. Oh, my God. This is my favorite season with baseball where every quote doesn't make any fucking sense when you think about it. It's best best shape of their life season. Oh, yeah, of course. But Giancarlo Stanton said this offseason was his first offseason in a long time where he wasn't trying to rehab through an injury. So for the first time, he was able to, quote, work out and get my body in baseball player shape. To which I have to ask. Excuse me? What? <laughs> so at no point in your life has your body been in baseball player shape. You won an you MVP. You won an MVP. Yeah. yeah. You won an MVP. You had such a big season that year that you traded Fernando Tatis Jr. for. Yes. Yeah. And Lucas Giolito. RIP. Still hurts. Rest in peace. Uh, Red Sox starter. Yeah. You want to talk Emil Morales again real quick? No, I'm good. I'm good. I think we got to go. I um, love, by the way, that you created a Google Doc to I did. document all of the picks that I reviewed in our draft only because you're hoping to use that Google doc. No, no, no. Yeah, no, I, fuck I, you. I want to refute this. No, 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 no. You made, if I didn't shit on the Emil Morales pick, that Google doc would not exist. It's more for River Ryan. It's way more for River Ryan. That's well, that, it's Ryan. I don't know what to tell you. That's fucking ridiculous. <laughs> that two people have him as a top 30 prospect. To, yeah, the Fangraphs is no joke, dude. That's no joke. Are they, though? People I'm don't sore? understand what we're talking about right now. But Guys, River Ryan is a 25, soon-to-be 26-year-old pitcher who's never pitched in a Major League Baseball game that suddenly people think is the number 19 prospect in all the baseball. Because he's a Dodger. He fucking stinks. Like, have you seen his numbers? Everyone's uh, yeah, like, I, yeah, I, I just love every every scouting report. It's like, oh, yeah, he throws 95, tops out at 98. Ugh. I I dropped him last year before you picked him up and dropped him. So yes, yeah, because he I stinks. <laughs> like he's not good. I don't. I, what, what are we doing? I I just thought it would be good to have a history because you did a great job with those, legitimately. So <laughs> kudos to you. Uh yeah, no, I'm great. You're right. I added. I tell you, I added two more prospect lists to the rankings. People are so confused right now. <laughs> and, yeah, They've made yes. it this long talking about the bullshit we talked about today. What? Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I saw. Anyway, GRC Plus is awesome. It's wonderful. And man. it's a lot this of work. This is uh, Greg's own prospect work. Uh, uh, Greg's uh, ranking, I forgot, created plus. Thursday night, PSPOT? That's right. I will be yeah. in Vermont. Cool. Uh, with our friend Jeff, Big Devils fan. So naturally, I'm, I'm sure it'll go fine. Yeah, like, I'm sure De- Jeff might even hop on. Who knows? Probably so. not. No, I doubt it. Okay. Well, all right. Just be us. Uh, Post game, uh, Rangers Devils will be back on Thursday. We'll see you guys then. Love you guys. Bye. Hey, it's the end of the show, so I'd like to thank all of our NHL Insider Club members who make this show possible every single week, along with our other Patreons. But the Discord ha- channel has been bumping of recently, especially the stadium series. I think a lot of people met up. A couple of us, I think 10 of us are going to the game on Saturday for Philly's game. Pretty cool. Uh, Adam Cohen, Adam Cortulo, Adam Keach, Alex Flynn, Alex Gartner, Amber Cohensberger. Did I mispronounce that, Amber? No, Cohensberger. Got it. Now nailed it. Nice. Andrew Ronner, Anthony Gray, An- Anthony Monturo, Anthony Tenegretta, April Erickson. Welcome, April. Ari Zager, 
Zanger, what is wrong with me? Keep it rolling, Ryan. Ben Waters, Ben Weber, Bill Olsen, Bill Rattel, Brandon Lackos, Brandon Magna, Brooke Ranger, Brian Doherty, Brian Doyle, Brian Gallagher, Brian Mallon, Brian Farrell, Cassie, Cassie Rollman, Cizé, Chris Feli, Cornelli, Chris Haru, CJ Stellwagen, Connery for Damage, Daniel Delaney, Daniel Dezen, David Naredin, David Siegel, DJ Bananajaz, Dylan Brechneider, Eric Stagg, Garrett Renis, Greg, Gatsky McFly, Harrison Hasco, Hello Vanilla, Hippie Baby Nine, Jack Bagley, Jack Rogan, Jay Keith, J- James Masker, Jerry and Marquez, Jason Stumer, Jason Zabraski, John Darcy, John Shade, Daddy Thundercock, Jordan, Joseph Sirico. Welcome as well. Josh Kestenbob, Josh White, Christopher Florida, Cried or Die, Christoph Berg, Lee Plummer, Leshik Gronowski, Lou Giordano, Matthew Goodwin, Matthew Kai, Meatball the Cat, Mike Koenig, Mike. Mike Bucklaw, that's two different Mikes. Mike, it's not me. I didn't say Mike. I didn't like mispronounce Mike. It's Mike and then Mike Bucklaw. Mike Mancuzu, Mike Pasternak, Nate Hanafi, Neeks. So fun. Neil Grover, Ponce for Perez, Nicholas DiNicola, Other Slash, Pascal Perrier, Paul J. Smith, Pavel, Phoenix Ignition, PJ Sparrow, Randy Tesser, Ryan C, Ryan Watch Miracle, I haven't yet, Swineguard, The Drop BK, Tommy Seclair, Tommy Tedeschi, Tommy O'Neill, Tony Nett, Gregory, Tori from Manhattan, the original supporter, Vinny Bracco, Will Specter, and Winston. The Golden Retriever. Bark, 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 bark. But I've also seen his new jersey. Has Winston has his own jersey? It's pretty fucking sweet. Saw it in the Discord this week. Ah, oh, man. Good time, Stadium Series. You know, it's funny. I'm sure I talked about this in the show, and I'm recording this a little bit earlier. But it was so hilarious to me how the Rangers went down 4-1. I think likely because of the sun, if I'm being honest. And uh, just so many people were like, this team sucks. <laughs> I was like, dude. Dude, they're in a six-game win streak. They're playing outside. Like Igor doesn't suck. It's so funny, man. I just, I love everybody. We're all psychopaths. We all care so much. But I always love when people come at me and they're like, Ryan, this team's terrible. How can you expect them to win a cup? Like, dude, I don't know if they're gonna win a cup, but I know they're good. Like, I have no, I, I can't guarantee you they're gonna win a cup. If I could guarantee you were, they were gonna win a cup, I'd guarantee my own happiness. And I cannot do that. But it is like whenever I confront somebody, he's like, Ryan, how could this team do this? Like, dude. You didn't like, where's the same energy when we beat like two amazing teams, three to one and two to one back to back. And we've been awesome. And we're not even playing our best. Where's, where's all the positive. That's like, Hey Ryan, I actually think this team is better than they're showing. I I don't understand. As soon as things go wrong, it's like disaster, absolute disaster. So funny. Anyway, if I see some of you on Saturday, hopefully we'll be drinking some beers together. We'll be watching the Rangers beat the Flyers. Hopefully as well. Should be quite the game. These games are usually pretty intense. Uh, so so some of you there, come say hi. We'll be at Xfinity Live. I'll be there around 1230, uh, grabbing some beers and just saying hello. So uh, I like to be in my seats early, though. I'm a real sicko with that stuff. I like to watch warm-up. I like to get out there and get a feel for the game. I'm like a first person in the building kind of guy. Real sicko shit. Maybe I'll stop doing that for just this game, but usually I'm like the first guy in my seat. Really gross. I don't know what it is. I like to soak in the atmosphere. Can't help myself. All right. See some of you guys there. If not... I will talk to you on BSBOT later this week. Love you guys. Bye.